Little Heroes Comics is a UK-based charity that creates and distributes comic-making kits to children through hospitals and healthcare organisations across the UK, keeping them far from boredom and closer to creativity. Head to littleheroescomics.co.uk to find out how to donate and to help at this incredible charity today. One of the ways you can help them out and get some amazing all-age comics at the same time is by heading over to fairsparkbooks.co.uk. Nothing is more exciting than creating stories for kids and Fairspark Books bring you a whole host of them in different and exciting formats that are all aimed at encouraging imagination. You can find such titles as How to Make Comics with Springworth, Gallant Namos, Snuffy and Zoe, Megatomic Battle Rabbit, Leaf and so much more. Fairspark Books are partnered with Little Heroes Comics so a portion of the profits go towards their goal each year. Go to fairsparkbooks.co.uk and littleheroescomics.co.uk today to find out more. Little Heroes Comics. Bring a huge smile to comics creativity today. Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With... Your hosts, Tom Stewart, with special guest, Sam Williams. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. How's, uh, how's things? How's your day been? Yeah, it's been okay. It's... Uh... You know, usual work stuff. Oh, nice. It's, uh, it's been right. How about you? Yeah, well, much of the same, to be honest. Um, got a a good sunny day for it today, so I wasn't actually stuck out in the pouring rain for once. But hey ho. Yeah, that's nice. It's <laughs> good. good to be outside there. It's, it's nice to to be able to. Yeah. Your job. I'm stuck in an office all day, so. <sighs> but I like to intermittently complain about it because it's <laughs> shit. Oh yeah, you had somebody shouting at you, calling you an idiot down the phone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens quite quite often, to be fair. Um, I yeah, I, I've had a, I had a few recently. Not not very pleasant people, but yeah. it's fine. It's it's totally fine. It's a job. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it comes part and parcel with having some sort of customer based job, really. Yeah, like it's really hard to get a job that isn't involving having to talk to people. Yeah, personally. Yeah, I uh, I did retail for like twelve years, so I know the pain, mate. I know the pain. Yeah, I've done my I've done my fair share of retail too. Like, to be fair, at least if you're on the on the phones, you can just hang up on people if they're being dicks. It's harder, <laughs> harder in in real life. I just like to usually take the approach of just um, shutting down right in front of them if they uh, <laughs> start yeah, to get like, rowdy. That's what I do in general in life. If people are too rowdy, I just stop talking <laughs> don't really know what to do i think um i think they kind of they, they take like an adverse reaction to it as well as if like they start to get more annoyed and then it's like they realize they're not getting through to you and they're like what, what what's going on like what's yeah. happening here? yeah exactly you just go it's just stay still long enough and they might think that you're actually <laughs> android <laughs> you just shut down for a moment don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Um, before I uh, get ahead of myself, I will yeah. uh, I will say, uh, who are you? 
who am I? I <laughs> am Sam. I am a sometimes comic artist and also <laughs> publisher as part of Good Comics with Paddy Johnston and Rosie Hathaway. Nice one. I, I had I literally set up three questions that I was meant to um, sort of ask at the top of every show, and I've I've still never managed to get through all three of no, them at all. Because I always start every one with, oh, how you doing? Which is how I start it. So I was just like, oh, fuck up. Yeah, screw myself I, at the top. <laughs> I really struggle with it. So when we do, I do a couple of podcasts. One is... Um, one is a baseball movies podcast that I do yes. with Rosie and Paddy and Paddy is in control of that one and he kind of just clicks record and he just edits it to like start at the the most convenient point yeah but I I edit the good comics one and I've always felt really awkward about doing that so I always <laughs> do like a fake intro with people I'm like okay and we're gonna go quiet for a second and then I'm gonna say hi um, <laughs> And it's a bit weird, but we did we did an organic opening on the last one, and it was much easier. Yeah, yeah, I um, I try I tried to do like a a proper intro one once, um, a while back. Just it was like a just a random chat. Um, ended up not recording, but um, tried to uh, tried to do like a proper formal intro, and it just it just didn't work at all. Yeah, like, it's a bit weird. It's it, I it came from inexperience, I think. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, two, two seconds. I'm just going to sort out my mic a second. That's cool. There we go. It's been a bit, a bit of a pain. I cover it with I cover it with a sock so that I don't get the pops off of the ah, thing. <laughs> that is a good idea. That is one of those like old school bedroom audio engineer. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah, I'm just too cheap to uh, fork out for a foam thing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those objects that's like, oh yeah, we've made this thing for a very specific job. A sock you can wear on your foot and on your microphone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. What so, else can you use a pop screen for? Yeah. Like okay. straining veg, maybe. Yeah, I th- if that was literally the only thing that was going to mind. <laughs> like, I strain some rice. Probably be it. <laughs> I always, whenever I think about... Um, like straining things like spaghetti there's that um scene in the apartment and i don't know if you've ever seen it it's quite an old film but um he's like straining spaghetti with a tennis racket (laughs) funny is that not a a, is the apartment not part of like a a series am i thinking of something else Uh, i don't think so i think it's jack lemon that's in it oh no no um, totally different thing thing. um It's a really good film. It's a bit depressing, but it's it's a it's a good film. Oh, nice. It's, it's funny. I've, I've I think I've seen a lot of Jack Lemmon's work like completely inadvertently, like yeah. by, by other people watching them. I've never actually went out of my way. It's always been sort of just on in the background and ended up yeah. watching it or something like that. I can't say that I know a ton about him. I think that's maybe the only film that I can name that I've seen him in. But yeah, he's one of those people. I think. I don't feel he was that as as big in the UK. No, if, if I'm right in saying, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess there's a certain era of film where you, it's it's about whether you're around to to see it at the time. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're you're about sort of roughly the same age as me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't around in the fifties or sixties. No. So I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I am thirty-one years young. Yeah, well, yeah. There's only a year between you and me, so that's that's it. Um, yeah, I just I don't think there was a lot of his stuff growing up, really. Maybe like grumpy old men. 
that's about it that I can really think of that would have been unless my thing is that I, I know that I've seen a bunch of old films that I don't remember until I start watching them because I used to work when I worked retail when I was much younger I had a day off in the week and right. for the most part I would sit and watch film four on ah. like Tuesdays yeah, and yeah. watch like random old westerns and like I, I was weirdly obsessed with well when I was a kid I was super obsessed with westerns my granddad really liked them and we watched loads of them um he loved John Wayne and all of those other probably racist but yeah like i went through a phase of a couple of years of having tuesdays off and like most of my friends at the time worked where i worked yeah so i was just there was no one to hang out with i would just hang out my own and like i still quite like watching film for on a like sunday afternoon because there's always some like random old film on yeah there's some great stuff yeah you you don't see otherwise it's you know, I think they that it's one of those one of those things that I love about British television is yeah. film is is one of the amazing resources for yeah getting a bit of <laughs> film history. Yeah, exactly. That's it's funny. It was that and um, like Channel Four itself uh, years ago, kind of before the kind of big Film Four introduction of its own channel, used to do a lot of films that like sort of midnight to sort of four in the morning they used to just yeah, be on like yeah. a couple of them in a row and there'd be like you know it would be somebody in the in the offices at night making sure it sort of plays through they would forget to put the ads on <laughs> yeah yeah so they would actually just be playing it and then all of a sudden like halfway through somebody's sentence it would suddenly bang on to an ad yeah because i think it, it's really funny because in in those days the things like channel four if you go back like 15 20 years was like was kind of amateurish yeah <laughs> and it's great like it is it, amazing it's amazing that a, like a you know a channel that millions of people could watch was yeah. probably being run by someone who didn't necessarily know what the fuck they were doing oh it was still guerrilla tv at that point because yeah. I mean that that was where some of your like best um comedies and comedians came out of as well because they got yeah, more of a free reign to to do things across there, you know what I mean? But it's just, oh, it's, it's crazy. It's funny you mention about um, the Western thing, though. My dad was really massively into Westerns as well, and yeah. inadvertently I've ended up being really into Westerns because of yeah. that. I mean, I've got, like, the John Wayne collection and everything. You're right, it's all the the racist folk. Yeah, the old, old racist dudes. Yeah, like, I'm sure they weren't all like that. Um, John Wayne is just very famously... <laughs> Yeah. not not the best dude but yeah i um i actually i i adore the whole like aesthetic side of those films yes. like you know um all the all those kind of deserty rough terrain people riding on horseback like that i if you put on something that looks like that i will sit and watch the shit out of it <laughs> yeah it's like um, it's, they used to do like the old repeats of Rawhide and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fucking absolutely brilliant. Um, I was like early days of, if I remember rightly, it's early days of Clint Eastwood as well. It was like yeah, yeah. the old Rawhide like, episodes. That's how he started out. Like, yeah, I think that was where he started, wasn't it? And then it yeah. was, I can't remember his name, Kurt Russell's dad was in... Oh. I can't remember what his first name is. Um, I, w- I saw a, a documentary a, a while ago called The 
Battered Bastards of Baseball, which is on Netflix. And <laughs> it's about this um it's about this baseball team that um it's like an independent baseball team in the Pacific Northwest. I think right. it was like Portland or um but it was he basically financed it and Kurt Russell actually played for the team at one point. Like this was like early <laughs> days of his career. Jeez, oh. Um but yeah, it's um his dad i can't remember for the life of me his first name but he was in one of these like serialized westerns for like 10 15 years or something amazing it was like it was big business back in those days it was it was kind of like the superhero films now sort of thing yeah exactly um which is why i think a lot of people keep saying the words like oh superheroes are going to go the way of the western because there is like a total there's a complete parallel between the two of them it's unbelievable yeah totally um, and it was for like decades as well that you couldn't do better than getting on some sort of western. It's unbelievable. Yeah, totally. Well, it's the closest thing we have to these kind of trends and stuff, isn't it? Like, yeah. you look back and there's these like space TV shows about people in in the middle of space, and <laughs> yeah. there's you know, yeah. But a lot of like... them, a lot of them were basically like they were. Uh, if when you get to the crux of it, it, was basically like Robinson Crusoe, but in space. I mean, Lost in Space yeah. was effectively or, like or that, westerns. and, and Lost, yeah, or westerns, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they they crash land on on some planet, and you're like, oh yeah, this looks like for a few dollars more. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably the same set. To be fair, yeah, yeah. They were just recycling everything over and over again. Um, you mentioned there about um baseball um how did you how did you actually end up getting into baseball because i remember being quite young and i was into baseball when i was young but never actually went any further than knowing the sport kind of thing so it always always really Um, piques my interest when people get into sports that aren't necessarily televised within the uk yeah like being a fan is kind of a like um <laughs> because of the time difference just generally but right um like many things in my adult life they come from paddy um <laughs> like weirdly paddy has had this kind of weirdly seismic effect on all the things that i do right. um but yeah like i um so paddy has been following baseball for i think five six maybe more years um so lately you might have seen it but lately paddy's been doing a weekly um newsletter which is him talking about his experience as a british fan um of baseball and i've been illustrating them so doing like one or two little spot illustrations for it um so it's really interesting it's called stealing home it's worth um worth subscribing to if you even have the vegas interest in that sort of thing um but a lot of his feelings about um about sports in general parallel some of mine which is having a bit of a weird difficult um relationship with sport as a younger person um unlike him i so he didn't really ever commit to playing any sports when he was younger i was different i grew up playing football um my dad was was kind of a big part of the the football club and was right. the treasurer for a while and so i was like pretty heavily involved in it yeah, yeah but i got to like 15 or 16 and realized it wasn't really something that i wanted to do there was a lot of well, a bunch of it was a a lot of the people i played football with were also the people that when i went to school were bullying me so ah. it was kind of this weird half-life that i was living where at school they were my enemy when i was playing football there with my friend yeah um and also i just kind of grew up and a lot of my friends weren't interested in football and I never really watched it at that by that point. Yeah. Um I 
got into skateboarding and girls and <laughs> um, like snotty punk music and yes. um, <laughs> kind of moved away from that um much to much to the upset of my my dad um <laughs> who I, as a not as a consequence of this but i actually don't have any contact with him anymore it's been a long time but you know this is one of the one of those things is that it i think sport very often if you're not careful as a parent can turn into this thing of like living vicariously through your children yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and they lose the idea of what um what enjoying playing sport is yeah so um yeah like fast forward 15 20 years and or 15 years or so um paddy and i've been friends for for quite a while we've been friends maybe five or six years i think he kind of kept his his um interest in baseball kind of quiet for a while and then a couple of a uh, year before last i think we got talking about it and he was he had started playing softball and i just kind of showed a vague interest in it and it was one of these things that i just I got really obsessed with it really, really quickly. Um, I had a vague understanding of it. And I think actually, um, I, well, I I realized that I knew almost nothing when I started to watch it because it's very, (laughs) like, it's a much more complex game than I ever realized it was. Yeah, yeah. But um, I've always kind of had this weird obsession with, uh, like, American sports aesthetics. Like, just the way that they look the uniforms the it's it's like, it's a lot more bombastic everything's a lot more flamboyant than like see your footballs or your rugby's or anything like that there's a yeah exactly there's, and a, I, there's a certain uh, i don't know like a flash element to it that isn't in uk sport there is and then but so i i kind of always been interested in that stuff like american football jerseys and um <laughs> basketball jerseys and like the way that that kind of the look of that thing because it's so ingrained in culture that i consumed when i was younger yeah i think like even whether it be cartoons or like movies aimed at kids but so much of that stuff was american so you'd see the kids wearing the like raglan type long sleeve shirts yeah yeah. and it's just kind of like aesthetically in the back of my mind and i think so part of it is is that that kind of pulled me in and then i just eventually realized that it had lots of things that i enjoyed and i i really started to enjoy sport again and not just that like i actually kind of got into like i'm much more interested in watching a game of football now than i have been since i was maybe 10 my my daughter is 10 years old and she's interested in playing football we watched a bunch of the women's world cup together like i i really it kind of reignited my interest in in sports in general and i yeah I, i think it just kind of hit all the right buttons with me there's a lot of there's this kind of long history of of um writing and in-depth analysis of baseball as a sport and it kind of ties into to the other part of it a part of things that i like which is just stories and you know underdogs and yeah yeah. like kind of all of this stuff is woven into the fabric of it as a sport which i'm sure it is in others but baseball is kind of the one that that hit me and yeah like (laughs) it was paddy kind of he never really 
sort of forced it on me or anything he was just like yeah this is the thing i'm interested in and i just kept asking questions and asking questions <laughs> and now most days we're texting each other about you know who's playing who's been traded who's you know who's looking good who's looking bad <laughs> uh, it's become this kind of fabric of our relationship and our just daily lives and it's really kind of changed the way that i think about stuff i've actually started playing as well which is oh, that's awesome cool so yeah it's kind of it's it started as a kind of weird obsession that i wasn't sure would last into like two years <laughs> you know i'm probably in my I, this is the second season that i've really been paying attention and what paddy likes to refer to it as the church of baseball so um, <laughs> i have been baptized i am I, you're f- yeah. fully inaugurated <laughs> yeah exactly oh, that's amazing um, Really yeah, you'll have to ask about something else because I'll carry on talking about baseball for the next <laughs> Man, honestly, it was it was just an, a, a thing that I picked up on. Obviously, I, I follow along with yours and Paddy's stuff online and whatnot. But oh. um, I uh, I was kind of, I kind of found myself getting into baseball when I was younger. I think mm-hmm. purely out of that thing of like you were saying, like falling into the kind of aesthetic of it more than anything and seeing it on in cartoons and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I kind of fell into it and for some odd reason fell into like the New York Yankees, I think just because at that time as a kid, I was like, oh, I recognize that name from somewhere. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I I think that they're a really interesting, um, really interesting case study in this idea of like brand acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, And they almost failed to a certain extent because they've gone past the point of of fully being acknowledged for what they are because yeah. people will see the hat and they know the hat but they, they don't know don't. what it is it's a, a funny little aside to this so um there was a game earlier this year the yankees played the red sox in london um right. those two games um paddy went to the first one and i i went on he went on the saturday and rosie and i went on the sunday um, and it was amazing. Like that was my first experience with watching live baseball, and that's great. But there was a story that came out. Um, so there's a guy called Aaron Judge who plays for the Yankees. Right. Who they were, they had a day off before the game started, and they were walking around London, and you know, Buckingham Palace and all this bollocks. Yep. Um, and he goes up, sees some people wearing Yankee hats in the street, and he <laughs> walked up to them and was like, "Hey, what's up?" Hoping, well expecting them to go oh my god aaron judge wow let's have a picture and they didn't know who he was (laughs) Um, which i think is funny because it's you know um it was it was there was a lot of shit talking in the u.s media basically saying why why are they going to london no one there cares about it and there was like a really really big community of people who are super super into baseball yeah yeah. um so there was a lot of backlash from that um, a lot of salty comments some of them may have been mine um, <laughs> but i i think it so the way that that was reported there was oh why are they bothering no one knows who these people are these yeah. are, like aaron judge is an absolute superstar he's like if you ask people who watch baseball that he'll be in the top five almost certainly of the players that they name straight away right right, right. i i i think it if you look at it from another um, another angle it's this idea that people know the brand like the yankees and probably the red sox are b and the la dodgers because you will have seen that hat yep. as well the l and a you know those three i think have this kind of brand recognition that has stopped working because yeah. it's so overexposed like how many people wear those 
Yankee hats or those Dodgers hats. Oh, totally, man. I mean, like actually register what they are, and that's yeah. not to talk down and like. It's just it's a cool hat. I I've like I always loved that LA hat. Like yeah. it's just a cool symbol. Even if you don't know what it is, it's a cool thing and it looks cool on a hat. And that's that's a thing that I love. Like the aesthetic of baseball is fucking cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it's it it's kind of beyond beyond being recognized for what it is it's just you know it's that ny hat or that yeah. la hat. yeah totally but it was it was kind of very popularized at one point because obviously fred durst wore the red cap with the yeah, nyc yeah. on it as well and then it just kind of went from there and it was you know now in like an instagram culture and stuff obviously all your instagrammers and youtubers and stuff wear those hats yeah which exactly you see a lot but he was i think he is like the big one he was the one that everybody spotted first wearing that he, hat yeah he's one that i i remember <laughs> early on I, I feel like those hats just at some point did just yeah maybe it, i i'd never really i remembered him wearing one but i never really put it together i think what's more um more telling isn't it even with him isn't isn't even the actual logo because you he always wore it backwards so you yeah. see the little <laughs> um red and blue mlb logo on the yeah on the yeah yeah um, it was like the FlexiFit hats. That he wore. Yeah, 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 totally. But yeah, it's, yeah. This this is what I mean. I think I think a lot of those sports are really ingrained in in culture that we consumed as as kids, especially yeah. during you know like our generation, where you know like I remember getting Sky. I remember getting <laughs> first getting the internet. Like I I think it's really interesting that. I've got some sisters who are a little bit older than me. There are a few, like three and, sorry, yeah, three and five years older than me. Right. Um, and they kind of just missed out on what I had, which was the advent of having internet in your house. Right. Like AOL message board, group chat things, like yeah, all yeah. of that kind of, and and access to all of this extra stuff. Um they kind of missed just missed out on it i think and i got the full brunt of it at least in our house yeah um and so i think i think that's had a big effect because i've got younger siblings as well and then like i'm much more on their wavelength even though they're a lot younger than me <laughs> in terms of culture because i think we consumed a lot of the same a lot of the same culture because we had access to it yeah yeah totally it sounds like you uh it sounds like you came from quite a big family then yeah so um i have um two older sisters and then i have a younger brother and sister who are from my mom's second marriage so there was five kids in the house um oh, wow. and we have so me and my two sisters each have two kids each so oh, like yeah we're, we're quite a big family <laughs> <laughs> So there's, uh, if we're ever needing to repopulate, we should just make sure that you lot are kept safe. And yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. just look after us. We're cool. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a funny thing um, being from a big family. It's a uh, yeah, it's a bit bit of an odd thing. I I I have like various stages of my life which were like living with just my older siblings and then my younger siblings came yeah. along and then my older siblings moved out and it was just me and my younger siblings and then they moved on and so i've got lots of different stages of my of my <laughs> childhood were like different combinations of 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 us right okay 
do you um did you ever feel like you had to um you had to kind of vie for attention in the house or was it just everybody was kind of everybody's own um i think so my mum always says that for the first like three or four years of my life i never spoke for myself my two older sisters <laughs> kind of would answer all <laughs> questions for me um i'm definitely probably one of the quieter ones but yeah like it's a pretty loud at times like i i can definitely be loud and annoying <laughs> and obnoxious <laughs> Um, so, I think I think we all can, man. You're all right there. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I guess there's there's always a bit of that. There's always a bit of the vibe, and I think it does um, does tie into my general character as a person now, which is I'm you know I'm still pretty quiet. I still let stuff go on around me and interject <laughs> when and if I feel the feel the need to. But yeah, like I like I said, I didn't really speak for the first few years of my life. My sisters would just do it. And they still kind of do it now. Sometimes they'll just be like, oh, yeah, 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 this, this, and that. And yeah, I, I doubt that will ever go away with uh, siblings, to be fair. But then I'm yeah. saying I'm saying that as an only child. That's just being, say, being like observant. I going to ask. What, so, yeah, it's, I, for me, people being an only child seems really odd. But because I grew up with that, and I'm sure it seems odd for you, you know, the idea of having lots of family around. I think it's that thing is as a kid, you kind of always want the opposite. Um, I think there was definitely a time when I was a kid that I just wanted to be an only child. It's really odd. My mum my always says when I was growing up, I always wanted like a brother or sister. And then I just suddenly yeah. stopped one day and um, eventually came to that like years later. And I said, yeah, I stopped one day because I started seeing all my friends with their brothers and sisters and thought, oh, I don't want a brother or a sister. <laughs> <laughs> all, all my friends with brothers and sisters, they just fight like mad. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I just remember being like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. That came from quite a big family anyway. Like a lot of, we, for a lot of years, we all, um, had a lot of like Christmases and dinners and birthdays and everything all with families. It was all mm. uncles, aunties, cousins, like everybody all getting together from both sides yeah. kind of thing. So, you know, I I still kind of got that thing with cousins really, you know what I mean? So I didn't Yeah, but you got to yeah, you got to go home. Yeah, I got to go home it. and just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, God, that was <laughs> that was loud. <laughs> yeah. Just sit, sit quietly <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna shove on some Marvin Gaye and chill out now. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just picking up briefly, you said about um skating. Mm. Uh, you got into like skating and stuff when you were younger. Did how how did that come about when you were younger? How did you end up getting into skating? Because I know myself, I got into skating through just music more than anything. A lot of people were talking about skating yeah. and stuff, and I thought I, it would probably kind of be the same for yourself. Yeah, totally. Um, I think there was this kind of cross-section somewhere of like being in or getting into certain music at a certain time and that crossover between that and Tony Hawk Pro Skater (laughs) (laughs) like I think and they they kind of intermingled like I I was never I've never have been a big video game guy but um that was the one me and my best friend Jason we played all the time and then we kind of decided that we were going to start skating (laughs) um like i was never super good but i was really obsessed with it for a good few years and i actually skate a bit now like rosie and i bought boards a couple of years uh last year year before 
in fact as we speak rosie and my daughter liv are are skating they've gone to like a all girls skate night oh nice <laughs> that's awesome yeah. how is it skating now because i gave up i gave up my board because oh it's, it's scary man yeah it's, too much. <laughs> it's that thing of like i could just imagine like if i fall now because i like i fall with the dogs and stuff all the time yeah but yeah. when i fall i don't bounce anymore i hit the floor <laughs> oh no no i am like i'm by no means an athletic build like i was when i was younger either like i've <laughs> you know i've filled out and yeah hitting the floor is is not pleasant no it's yeah it is like i i say that but it's also exhilarating at the same time <laughs> and you get a little it's just it takes a little less to get to the point of exhilaration and and falling over because like I used to throw myself down myself down sets of stairs and off ledges and <laughs> and was never very good and I very very often didn't land it. Yeah. I do the stuff. Um now it takes me like ollieing down a curb and if I fall <laughs> off that that hurts. But yeah. it's fun. Like we've got a few nice skate parks around here that are good for just like carving around and and just there's something freeing and exhilarating about doing that sort of stuff yeah. even if you're not trying to land tricks or do anything super technical it's just i don't know is it as a, as an adult with a full-time job and kids <laughs> it's really nice to just go and do something that you don't have to worry about your bills or your shit oh, it's, you just it's, it's freeing it's yeah you just freeing. go and roll around and and it's fun yeah that's good it's good. I um, yeah, I used to like just um, skating about. I couldn't do tricks to save my life. Um, so yeah, I understand that of just like the freedom of just skating about. It's it's yeah. nice. It's nice, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did you um, did you watch like skate videos and stuff as you were growing up? Yeah, like the there's a few that I remember specifically. Like we watched quite a few. There was a skate shop in town, so I live in Bournemouth, and right. I've lived there most of my life. Um, there used to be a skate shop in town. It was like a one of these places that sold surf stuff and skate stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But we in the upstairs, we used to go and hang around there on Saturdays when we were like fourteen, fifteen, um, and they would they would just be playing, and you'd go and sit and watch them for an hour. Um, but the only ones I really remember are um, Flip, Sorry, yes, uh, the one with Johnny Rotten, yep. like doing all the introductions, <laughs> which I have watched, rewatched part of recently, and it makes me cringe. Oh, like it's... some of the stuff these guys are doing makes me really stressed. Yeah, there's a bit with Ali Boulala, and he's like insane. insane. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I I can't watch it. People get hitting their heads gives me gives me the heaps yes um uh, he's he's but, un like unbelievable and I, I don't know how i don't know how in filming that he didn't die it is oh yeah totally um yeah he he did some some mad stuff and i i think he i, I don't know if it's him there's definitely someone who was part of that crew who kind of did did injure themselves pretty badly yeah, at yeah. one point um and the other one that i remember was um, Red Dragons. I don't know if you oh, ever no. saw that. Um, I actually saw someone wearing a Red Dragons hat the other day, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" Because again, it's got this like really, really um, kind of. It's a logo that you just 
see it hasn't got any words it's just yeah, this kind of totally I distinct think it's some sort of, yeah it's, i think it's like a japanese symbol or something like that like a lot of that stuff was at that right. time but it's um but yeah that one's that was that was one me and my friend jason watched like a bunch um <laughs> i just i think all of this stuff just just did intertwine with music and and gave me a bit more of a a kind of opinion on on music and yeah. that that fed into it as well like i remember i think that red dragons video has warren g's regulate in it oh nice and i think that's the first time i ever heard that song and <laughs> it's just one of those things that it's a big cultural touchstone for people who are probably a little bit older than me but <laughs> like i i still can visualize the first trick that the guys does in that in that section yeah uh, yeah like I, but then again like there was obviously other music that came from from watching those videos as well that like i think that's where we started was the kind of section cross section between music and and skateboarding and um yeah yeah i was i was gonna say something else there's a really good documentary series that um some of it's on the like all channel four app or whatever on oh, uh, all four uh, yeah, I think so. They've got a bunch of Vice stuff on there, and oh, there's right. a Vice one called um, "Epically Lated," which has got a, some really, really good um, documentaries about skateboarders. On like, they each episode is about a different person, and it's kind of talking about their career and their life in skateboarding. But a lot of it crosses over with when I first started getting interested in um interesting skate in skating like uh, i think there's one about andrew reynolds there's one about oh, Alyssa nice. Seema. Huh. um but that's really really interesting because that kind of does go into the other side of things like it talk you know in andrew reynolds one they kind of talk to him but they're all not just talking about him skating they're kind of talking about him like going off the rails and yeah, getting yeah. into drink and, and and all of that stuff um so I think that's really interesting to watch as an adult and see that some of those people who I like adored when I was younger and you realize that they were probably much more complex than yes than definitely. you ever understood when you were a 15 year old because I think there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of toxic role models in that in that arena oh yeah completely especially like extreme sports are just unfortunately are full of a lot of people who are it's it's a total hub yeah. for narcotics and and some devilish behavior behavior. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, it is. And and I there is definitely some people who are not that. We we actually watch quite a few of the competitions. Um, Rosie and I, we, we most of the ones that we follow are the women's tours actually. But um, like there's some amazing skaters and some of like they've got like eleven year old girls who are amazing. Jeez. Um, so that's kind of cool again but that that's kind of come with my my interest in organized sports as gen in general yeah, like yeah, yeah. that became a thing that we started to kind of watch for for fun was you know watching the, the x games women's street skate and sls and stuff like that yeah um, you were um you were saying about um the tie with the uh, music um did did mm. you end up so you kind of, I'm assuming with, you said with uh, 
fallen into skate, you ended up into like dirty punk and everything like that. Yeah. Do you think that kind of shaped your kind of listening habits now, and the kind of stuff that you listen to now? It's just been like a progression onto other yeah, stuff. Yeah, it does. I think I I don't listen to too much stuff that I listened to when I was fifteen or sixteen. Like every so often, I go on Spotify and find <laughs> one of those like skate park punk playlists yeah. oh well and you and me were speaking about that before weren't we yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well this, yeah like every so often i do i think um but i do think that that was my gateway into finding music for myself i think that was the first time that i really understood that you can develop a personal taste in music um yeah so i think that like i guess that comes around the time that you you're like at that age where you can start to have a bit more agency and also it came again with with having access to the internet and yeah you know, being able to do. You, did you ever use the site Pure Volume? I oh, actually, yeah, I did. Yeah, sorry. Oh my god, that has just given me a right blast from the past. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually, I, I actually hadn't hadn't thought about it in a long time. It popped Jeez. into my head a few weeks ago. But that was like I. So that was around the time of MySpace. Yeah. Um, and like i think a lot of people started using pure volume to like host their music yeah so there was a lot of like local bands and stuff on there but then some of the other bands that i got into to kind of started they would post their music on there as well yeah yeah yeah. so it became this thing of like you could stream music online and listen to stuff and um like i think that's when i started to get into kind of heavier stuff yeah i think i was i was mostly into like pop punky type stuff yeah yeah going up to that and then i got into like sort of lots of that shouty screamy yes like, hardcore <laughs> type stuff like i saw uh do you remember the band the bled yes oh um, my god uh, yeah. and like alexis on fire and stuff yes. like that like that real like shouty screamy yeah. stuff that was that was my thing for quite Ale- a while alexis still have dallas making it a wee bit melodic and in, in amongst it though true we, yeah the the bled were kind of the bled were just ridiculous yeah, they were, <laughs> i just kind of loved that like there was a point at which i really wanted to play guitar more and then i think that's the kind of music that i went oh yeah shit no like i'll never be that good so i kind of <laughs> like i did make some music after that i've made music a bunch since i was um you know, since I was like 14, 15. But, oh, nice. What kind of stuff? Um, so mostly like instrumental stuff. Like, okay. So my my progression on from there was to find, like I went in, I started to go in a few different directions. I had a, a really good friend, Kevin. He, he made me this mixtape of like uh, post-rock stuff, like uh, Explosions in the Sky and um mogwai and things nice. like that uh and so i kind of really i really got into that stuff i really leaned into trying to make that kind of music for a while oh um, brilliant nice i'll send you some stuff sometime i i don't know if it's readily available anywhere but i'll, I'll, right, I'll right. dig something out um nice one so yeah like i'm, I'm really in uh, like ambient music um modern classical that kind of stuff is a big part of what i listen to on a daily basis okay but then i also have um like i i'm not in my regular rotation i'm i'm not super i i listen to that kind of stuff and i listen to the same week of bands record over and over again <laughs> i've been listening to Re- reconstruction site for like as long as it's been out i listen to that once or twice a week <laughs> uh, and then like 
kind of noisy noisy ish stuff like this week i i just i wasn't aware of them a band called pup p-u-p oh i've um, heard that i've heard the name but i can't think of well, any tracks so this this links into baseball a little bit because oh, okay they, i saw a, saw an interview with the guitarist from that band talking about why he loves the blue jays who are my mine and paddy's team uh, and right. rosie is a, um and then i was like i'm gonna listen to their record and then i've been weirdly obsessed with it so <laughs> uh, that is what i've been listening to this week pup um i can't remember the name of the album i'm trying to look at it it's called morbid stuff which is part of the reason why i picked it <laughs> Amazing. For, a for a ton for an album i love that um, i love that when you discover an artist though and you're just like you you just consume like actually become consumed and consume their stuff entirely yeah exactly it's just yeah. like you just listen to it again and again and again and again um, yeah, I've listened to that album like eight or ten times this week. It's oh, amazing. I, I love getting yeah, in that. Yeah, that is a really, really cool feeling. Like, and yeah. it, um, they, it, they don't sound much like them, but it reminded me of a band I was kind of obsessed with a couple of years ago called Great Cynics, who are, I think they're London-based, they're a UK-based band at least. Okay. And they have a similar kind of fun, melodic, punky sound. Um, nice. And they had an album out a few years ago called I Feel Weird, um, <laughs> which, again, like, it just calls to me that kind of uh, that kind of sentiment. Like, yeah, yeah. I I definitely still go in for somewhat angsty, shouty, melodic-y, punky music. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah. It's fun just to kind of fall back into it every now and then. I mean, I find myself shoving yeah, on... Um, I found myself shoving on a bit of say anything every now and then. Or, oh yeah. Um, like I was, I was literally listening to them not long before coming up to speak to you. It came on my phone. I um, I've got a couple of tracks on my phone, so then. But like, I thought I find myself just suddenly wanting to listen to like old early records of Taking Back Sunday and yeah, um, oh, yeah totally. like old um, like I really I don't know why, but I really really got into early. Um, My Chemical Romance. I really, really got into like their first two oh, albums. Yeah, I was obsessed with them. Yeah. The first two albums, they, I was. I actually saw them. I saw them at. Ooh, I can't think of the venue's name. It's one of the London venues that's not there anymore. Um, but I, I saw them when I was maybe sixteen, seventeen. Was it Astoria? Uh, yes, it yeah. was the Astoria. Um, <laughs> That, yeah, I can think of where I I can see it in my head. I'm not very good with words in general. I just I can see things better than I can say them. <laughs> I just always um, think of the the uh, Atari's record. Um, yeah, so long yeah. a story. That's that's the only reason I know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember seeing them. I was I was super obsessed with them. I used to paint my nails black, nice. wear a stripy tie. <laughs> I used to go to parties when I was so when I was sixteen. Um, my stepdad got offered a job in another area in like Northampton. Right. And I was given the choice of whether I wanted to stay living in Bournemouth or whether I wanted to move with them. And I decided to stay here and I moved in with my dad. And that summer was like a summer where I made a bunch of friends that didn't last super long, but kind of got me through this weird time in my life where I was kind of displaced to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, my Chemical Romance is one of the bands that I was obsessed with. We would go to people's house parties and I would wear a shirt and a jacket. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm not like, I, I think there was a point 
in my mid twenties where I was kind of ashamed of that thing. But like, I'm really glad that that was part of my part of my life. Oh, like, totally, I'm man. glad that that I kind of because I I don't remember being super confident as a as a teenager, no. and I realize now in retrospect that I was maybe more confident than I remember. Or yeah. I think that you just you you lack the um the the more self conscious thing when you're younger definitely there's there's something kind of inhibits you as you get older to to go a bit more flamboyant with stuff and a bit more out there whereas when you're younger you're just like fuck it give it give it a shot you know what I mean yeah true and I, and I think I've I've started to to go back to that to a certain extent yeah, like, yeah. I'll I'll be a bit more confident about buying. I bought this like green and white stripy shirt a while ago, and it's totally not something I would have bought even two years ago. But I fucking love that shirt, and it's kind of like attention grabbing, and it's like it's not the same thing. But but there is a point when you get to the, this kind of age, and you go, yep. oh shit, I should just be the person that I I want to be. Like it's very easy when you're younger to to try and be to try and fit in and, and want to be part of whatever crowd and do the stuff that those people are doing. And yeah. there's something amazing about realizing who you are, the stuff that you like and, and to really love the stuff that you love passionately yeah, totally. and unapologetically. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't think I could have been the person who took up skating in his 30s a few years ago i don't think i could have been the person who like um went hard into learning about a new sport and and being obsessed with something like baseball and like so i i started training with a team a few months ago here and i you know we go to training and there's a training kit like it's got the logo on it and you wear the hat and (laughs) it's so that you're part of the team and it initially i think i felt a bit weird about it because i was like this feels strange i haven't done this since i was a kid but like (laughs) there's something so cool about the camaraderie and like community that comes with loving something and not caring yeah it's like being super into something being really like into being part of a team like being part of a team is a fucking cool thing that i really <laughs> realized that i missed and it, it sounds dumb but like i really missed that idea of like having people to just like yeah that was good or oh unlucky or you know like really someone who's kind of there to to support you and and big you up and and i think outside you know in the last few years of my life i've managed to find people who are like that for my everyday life as well oh, which awesome. i never had yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I think it's pretty cool. Like I, I say this to my kid sometimes. My eldest kid sometimes, like, because she's sassy and she's ten and she <laughs> likes the joke and she's a she's a total joker like me and she, but she, you know, will joke about you being old or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I get it. It's funny. I am old, but. I fucking love getting old. Like, <laughs> and not in that, oh, I love to wear cardigans and sit around and drink cocoa. Just like, I love becoming the person that I am now yeah. and the person who loves stuff and doesn't give a fuck about what people think. And it's without the obnoxiousness of youth. It's without the, without the 
angsty i should say that i don't give a fuck even though that i do <laughs> you have when you're a kid because it's a totally different you're when you're a kid you're raging at stuff and you don't really know why yeah and when you're an adult you can you can just not give a fuck and know why yeah i know the things that make me happy i know the things that make me not happy and in as much as possible, I try and avoid the shit that I don't like, and I try and embrace all the stuff that I do. And I think that comes with with growing up and with with starting to understand yourself as much as possible. Yeah, completely, completely. Sorry, I went on a rant. No, no, all, God, no, but... no. That, it, God, it's just it's it's something that I think about quite a lot as well. Um, is the fact that like as you're getting older, it's almost like you're getting to know yourself again. Um, yeah. It's something I was thinking about. I, th- I was literally just thinking about this. I think about it like a day ago or something like that. Just even something something as simple as, um, I don't know, like how how you've done your routine or something for so long, and then you eventually do something just a wee bit different. And you're like, oh, I used to do this all the time, and then you think, yeah, oh shit, like I'm just I'm finding my way back to that again, but just yeah. from from a completely different perspective now and knowing things that maybe make it that wee bit better it's it's, it's yeah exactly. life is fucking weird man <laughs> yeah like and and that's good to know like yeah um, I, I i get annoyed with with some people who i have to interact with in my life for whatever reason whether it's people i work with or people i have to interact with because they lack the self-awareness to be okay with who they are and yeah. like this is grown adults Yes. And I think that's the thing that bugs me about people is that I don't care if you don't like the same shit as me, but respect that people have different tastes, different interests. Yeah. And like love yourself for the person that you are. Yeah. And like really embrace the things that you love. And if that doesn't tie up with other people, then that's cool. But it's the like it's that thing of shooting people down for, oh, you're into that thing. That's kind of weird. Like I, I, nine times out of ten, it will come from a person who doesn't have the, the presence of mind and the relationship they have with themselves to know what they like and what they want and yeah. how they want to feel. Um, but that that's like that's a process, and and I'm gonna carry on on that way, and we do as, <laughs> you know, as adults. But I think you have to like. You have to be reflective. And I think yeah. it comes more naturally to people who are maybe introverted to be a bit more um, open to self-assessment. And, and you know, we, we definitely probably go the other way and, and are hard on ourselves. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. And treat ourselves badly sometimes. <laughs> and, like, I'm by no means saying that I'm perfect because I am certainly not. But <laughs> I know myself very well. And I know you can accept your flaws and vulnerabilities. Yeah. essentially. I, um, I think if you if you know how to sincerely say sorry if you're wrong. Yeah. Like that's a that's a, a big part of it. Like knowing when it's your time to speak, whether you have to have an opinion on something. Yes. Whether you need to say things like allowing the people who are more important in whatever situation to have their say and to accept your position in any in any place like know that 
as a privileged person, you don't always have to be involved in everything. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. You do have to do a little self-policing sometimes, though, at the same point, because you do oh, yeah. find yourself wanting to go and say something, I mean, online or in person or anything. You you find yourself sort of boiling up to this point where you wait to say something, and then you sort of think, eh, does it really matter? Like, what am I going exactly. to contribute here? And then you sort of just back down, like, ah, forget it. it. And, yeah, and I think that that is part of it. It's like you can get angry about other people or pissed off with the way that they treat treat people and talk to people but it's not always worth bringing that negativity into your life yeah the exception being is that when you see people mistreating people i think there's there's too too many times that i have seen things and not said things and it's you know it's definitely something i tried to work on like i think it's easy to to cower and you know i think when you see people being being talked to like shit or mistreated i think there needs to be an amount of courage that you you build up to to confront that and and that does come with that you know come with that idea of knowing yourself and knowing what is what you deem to be right and wrong and and how to treat people like number one thing that i say to my kids like a hundred times a week is be nice to people and if people aren't nice to you like you know you kids come home from school and they say oh so and so said this or that or someone upset me or whatever my i always say they're not your friend if they're going to talk like be mean to you yeah exactly don't allow people to treat you like that um and you don't have to be confrontational about it you just just walk away from that shit um but it's one of those things that i think becoming a parent you start to reassess the stuff that you do as as an adult and yeah yeah yourself as well yeah completely it's so easy to say something like that to kids as well though and expect them to be able to act upon it and then they don't and you're almost thinking like, oh, why? And then you think back to yourself and go, well, I never did it when I was young. Yeah. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. you know. And then it's only yeah. as you get older that you realise, oh, shit, that does actually make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I will I, just I walk think away. It, I think it's very easy to hold children, especially now, especially as the world changes and yes. kids have, like my 10-year-old kid has a phone. I'm not particularly happy about it, but it's <laughs> a necessity for, you know, she wants you know, she'll get the bus home from school and stuff like that. So it it makes sense. Yeah. I'm not super happy about it, but but that's great. When At she's with her mum, I can text her and I can speak to her and, and yeah. it's cool. But as a part of that, kids are growing up so quick and and all you can do is just be like open with them and talk to them about this stuff. Yeah. And talk to them about how to treat people and how to expect to be treated in return. Yeah, totally totally perfect man well i've just had a look at the time we're actually only about two minutes away from hitting the hour mark oh wow okay (laughs) i I honestly i had so much more questions to like ask you and everything but it's it's fine i'd I'd rather just we sat down and chatted again another time so that's That's cool yeah this this was fun i realized that i 
if there's a pie graph of who spoke, it was me, like 98%. (laughs) And I realized I say this to people all the time. Like when I I find myself doing it, when we do the other podcasts is that like, I'll just end up talking and (laughs) someone has to tell me to shut the fuck up. Otherwise I won't (laughs) because if people get me talking, I will just any other time I'm, I won't say anything, but Dude, I'm doing it now. See, it's, it's, honestly, <laughs> Sam, it's usually me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed chatterbox. I've been ever since I was at school. School reports used to say like could do with talking less in class, stuff like that. You know, <laughs> uh, so it, it, it feels so much better to have somebody just like chatting away. And uh, that's the whole reason behind these, anyways, to find out a bit yeah. more about about yourself. So, um, but I will hit you with the um, before we go. I'll hit you with the quick fire questions that I've asked sure. uh, most yeah. everybody so far. Uh, okay, so first we've got: Do you think that different colored M and M's have different flavors? Um, I wish, but no, <laughs> I don't think. Like, I I want that to be the case, <laughs> but I don't think they do. I think uh, I've, I've asked I've asked a few people this, and they've came back and said, "Well, Smarties do, but M and M's don't." I was about to say, I'm pretty <laughs> sure orange Smarties taste orange. I think all the other Smarties just taste like blue. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Like they they taste like E six one two five or whatever <laughs> color it is. I was going to say they just taste like color. That's yeah, it. <laughs> like yeah, like all of the colors. C- color and chocolate. That's it. Yeah. Um, still or sparkling? Oh, see this this is. I I'm going to assume we're talking about water. Because that's what I want to ta- talk about. Because wine, whatever, give or take. Right. I used to be a, like distinctly against sparkling water. Okay. But as a grown man, as a man who has, you know, uh, developed his tastes, I would pick sparkling water over still. Ooh. Every time. Wow. How does how does that de- how is that developed? I have no idea. <laughs> it's just come out of, out of nowhere. I think, I think, I think I once bought a can of like Perrier water because it had a really cool, uh, um, like one of a, like one of these like designy cans. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that looks cool, but didn't really read what it was. I just thought it was some sort of like fizzy drink, and then drank it and was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting, but it is nice. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 here for sparkling water. What what is out of interest? What where do you stand on on, on this? I am a still person. I okay. absolutely detest sparkling water. <laughs> oh shit! But that I is going to. <laughs> but I think that I honestly think that has that's that's the same thing of like I I just haven't had it enough to to develop a taste for it at all. Um, what about like tonic water and stuff like that? Because I know that lots of people hate tonic water. Well, for the longest time, I wouldn't even have tonic water, and yet somebody gave me a gin and tonic um, end of last year, and I kept saying, "Oh, this just—it tastes like feet, tastes like feet." And then I drank it, and instantaneously went, "Can I get another one?" I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Just uh, downed it. Yeah, I absolutely remember, loved it. I remember. Um, I don't think I'd ever really drunk gin and tonic, and we went on this work trip to edinburgh it was like our head office was in edinburgh at the time they flew us up and we stayed overnight and uh, me and a couple of the guys that i worked with um just basically found the nearest weather spoons yeah and i'd never i don't think i'd ever had a gin and tonic before but they were doing 
two pound no one pound gin and tonics right oh jeez and so the guy i was with was we're drinking gin and tonics and we there was three of us and we were ordering six at a time oh and it got very out of hand very quickly but ever since then i really like gin and tonics yeah it's i don't know I, i don't know why i just it's one of those ones that like you you have a memory somewhere of not enjoying it yeah but you can't actually remember where it, it's it's come from and then and then you, you say to yourself what is wrong with your brain yeah it's amazing <laughs> I, all these years i've been missing out on this. i literally i drank like a bit of it and then just turned like this is this is incredible what's 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 happening <laughs> Please bring me more of this yeah <laughs> it's oh. funny um i i really love olives and both my kids really love olives and um we've been over the last few years every so often i i say to rosie come on you should try olives again because she fucking hates them <laughs> um, to the point where i gave her some in my parents kitchen and she <laughs> looked like she was gonna throw up um, <laughs> she is quite a good sport every now and then she's like yeah i'll try it and then looks at you like she wants to be sick oh. she just isn't developing that taste for olives. yeah, but... yeah. there's some stuff just doesn't happen at all like yeah, yeah. the slightest um, yeah, my mother half doesn't like vegetables or or fruit really, um, except for <laughs> okay. maybe except for maybe potatoes, and um, it's just like she, she'll try a bit every now and then and just look at me as if to be like, oh god, this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah, to me? I'm taking like handfuls of rocket and just shoving it in my mouth like this is amazing. She's eating like one little yeah. bit like, oh god, this is awful. <laughs> See, that's that's what's funny is things like that like. Things like tonic water, or even just gin, or even gin, or like, um, or rocket, or like they have this kind of taste that I think you have to get used to a certain like it's a certain area of your mouth that yeah. is gets a sensation from it, and it's all kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you either do it or you don't. Like olives as well, I think they kind of fall into that category of things that are kind of like, yeah, they just they don't. They don't taste good until you make yourself have them. Yeah, and basically. then you realise that they're good. They're not. To be honest, if you look at them, they're not appealing to look at. All of, like no. olives are like an True. an off shade of green that you're just like or black. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The the colours that you're told that are ostensibly mould, and yet <laughs> and yet you still get it and go, hmm, lovely. This is great. You know, delicious fruit thing. It's <laughs> putting. In some sort of vinegary brine, mm, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, white or brown bread? Uh, like brown bread, except for if it's like a bacon sandwich. I think a bacon sandwich has to have white white bread, but other than that, brown bread. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, that's that was a that was a well covered answer for that one. So <laughs> you've 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 sussed that one. Um, yeah, I think I've actually had that conversation multiple times. <laughs> I think a lot of people do, to be fair. <laughs> Usually if somebody tries to be clever about it and goes, oh, I'll have a, a half and half or a 50-50. Yeah. And you're just like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, Batman or Superman? Batman. <laughs> he seems to be a firm favourite. Um, yeah, I, I, I never... I, I think it's that, like, emo kid in me that always thought the Batman <laughs> because he was so tortured yeah. and that's why i find funny like have you seen the lego batman movie no i've not yet no no well i think what 
what's great about that is the kind of taking the piss out of the, the tortured aspect. Black, black-hearted, tortured guy <laughs> a bit. It's very funny. Yeah. I uh, I saw his little bit in the in the Lego movie and then yeah, uh, yeah. heard that they were doing their own one. I'm still I just I f- I'm so late to the parade on loads of stuff. I come to stuff like miles after. So um that's the only that's the only reason I've not watched it. It's not cuz I'm putting off, but uh, I'm I only watch all of that like that stuff because I have an excuse to because I have kids. Yeah. I would still watch that stuff. I just have to like find some way of justifying watching it. I'm just a child, so I would yeah, watch it. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> um and this is the most controversial and last question that you will get. Okay. This is this is really hitting political territory here. Jaffa cake cake or a biscuit well I think this is slightly ruined by the fact that I think I know the correct answer in terms of UK taxation oh wow which is cakes go hard when they go off okay biscuits go soft when they go off okay so it's a cake (laughs) you're not the first person to say that (laughs) oh nice Nice. Okay. You're also so... delicious. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I. Uh, I have to. I'm still yet to find a proper um, vegan alternative. Unfortunately. Yeah. I guess which is a, a kick in the bollocks. Is the like gelatiny part of it? Is that it's? Is that got like? I don't even think it's um, that. I think it's the. Um, it's because it's milk chocolate that's on the top. Oh shit! Of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think there's anything else really, unless it's made with egg. I don't know. I've never actually looked at the ingredients. I just know that it has got milk chocolate on the top. So. You, you know that you're not allowed them, so that's it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not, don't yeah. Kind of look into it. It's like, oh, fuck. But I did used to devour them for many, many a year. And I had a specific specific way of eating them as well. So, What was your break, break it down? Oh, used to break off the sides. And if, if the top of the chocolate came with it, then that was an added bonus. And then I'd peel the the orange away from it and eat the the sponge that was underneath on its own and then eat the the orange bit orange last yeah, yeah. that's that, that is a pretty good method yeah <laughs> I, I i have been yeah i have eaten them that way that it's, that it's good it's trying to... it's because you want that like real sharp orangey like yeah just the chocolate and the orange yeah and then um, <sighs> it's that added thing as well of trying to savor every last one <laughs> Yeah, well, I used to know a girl who would eat Twixes by eating all of the biscuit off of the bottom. Yep. And then rolling the, like, caramel and chocolate bit up yep. and eating that. pal of mine used to put them in the fridge for just about 10 minutes because he knew it was enough time to make the caramel on the top go hard enough that he could just pop it off. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's, that's science. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. He'd come in with about three Twixes, put them in the fridge, and just be like, give it ten minutes. <laughs> um, it's just unbelievable. Well, dude, have you got any questions for myself? Um, I do. I have a bunch of questions, but I think we should do this again. Yes. And we'll not talk about me the whole time. <laughs> we'll, we'll try not to talk about me. It'll just still just be become, become the uh, the Sam show again. I'm telling you, it's like, fine. This is what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I I actually have this really interesting. Just before we finish up, I have this um had this really interesting revelation after doing the the baseball podcast with Rosie and Paddy. Like after doing it a few times, I realized why I loved it, and I love it because it's 
being able to listen back to a conversation with people you don't get to hang out with that yeah. much. Like, I love spending time with Paddy and Rosie together. Like, I I have the, the good fortune of living with Rosie, so I can talk to her whenever I want. But yeah. Paddy, I don't live near and I don't see very often. So it's this thing of like, almost sometimes I listen back to those episodes just because it's fun to remember like the dumb shit that we talked about. <laughs> um, I, like, it's really nice. It's just a nice way of feeling connected to people of like having some sort of record of what you said. Yeah, it's totally. awful when you say dumb shit that you wish you hadn't said and then you have to hear it. <laughs> but that's, it's not well. That's what editing's for, mate. That's, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you just listen to the edited versions every time. Um, yeah. yeah, man. <clears throat> I uh, I wholeheartedly would uh, love to do this again, mate, because yeah. we've got so much ground we could say. Uh, we could cover definitely totally. <laughs> let's make this a yeah two-part uh, deluxe oh yeah deluxe oh yeah edition. yeah big time <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll reconvene for part two yeah totally man well thank you very much sam for coming on uh cheers for doing this thank and cheers for me. letting us have a little insight into yourself thank you very much Adam. send us any comments or questions or just to say hello you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at thatcomicsmell share the podcast with your friends and followers we are on soundcloud spotify itunes youtube and most other places you find podcasts and don't forget to rate review and subscribe thanks for listening our music is by Chart Smasher, and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam, and you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp.